Welcome to the Culture of Things podcast with Brendan Rogers. This is a podcast where we talk all things culture, leadership and teamwork across business and sport. To all our loyal listeners, the Culture of Things podcast will now have specific episodes produced for YouTube. To ensure you don't miss out on this exclusive YouTube content, head over to YouTube, click on the subscribe button, and hit the notification bell. Now, let's get into the episode. This is my conversation with Mark Reifenrath. Mark is the co-founder and CEO of Spinutech. Spinutech has grown from a university dorm startup over 20 years ago to a multinational digital agency with 150 plus team members across the US. Mark is the epitome of leadership. He's completely focused on serving the needs of his people. He knows by helping them be the best they can be, they'll take care of the business. Sure, by his own admission at the end of the interview, he's not perfect. Nobody is. Today, we focus on the first 100 days of a new employee at Spinutech. You'll get some fantastic ideas you could implement to improve your new employee's experience. Have you ever worked for a company and a leader that was so good you hoped to retire there? That's how employees feel at Spinutech. Check out my three key takeaways after the interview. We love feedback. Let us know what you liked or didn't like, and we'll keep improving. This is the Culture of Things podcast. I'm Brendan Rogers. Sit back and enjoy my conversation with Mark. Mark, why is the first 100 days for a new employee so important? I think the first 100 days is just absolutely critical for setting the tone of what their career, what their their journey at Spinutech is going to be. So I think injecting the DNA of our culture and our core values into that new team member as quickly as possible, building loyalty, learning how their teammates interact with them, what their skill sets are, how they handle pressure. It's all of those things to really get them to be the best version of themselves in our environment as they can possibly be. And mate, you've grown Spinutech from nothing to something pretty substantial, I have to say. At what point did the realization of the first 100 days come in for you that it was so important for new employees? So we've been around for 22 years, started when I was in college. So there was no thought of first 100 days. There was no thought of onboarding for quite a while. As we started to scale up, though, and hire more than a couple people a year, maybe, where you're hiring 15 people a year, 30 people a year, 40 people a year, you start to think about those things and the experience that you're curating for a new team member. So probably about four or five years ago, I would say, is when it really became something we thought we should formalize. And over the last couple of years, it's really gotten refined, and I would say, in a really tight spot for us where we know exactly what's happening and when and who's doing it. It's a very consistent experience for that new team member. And I believe creates a lot of opportunities for retention in this environment and really just helps them feel like they made the right choice because I think we live in a pretty uncertain time. It's hard to make change, although we all want change. And anybody that's starting a new journey like that, they're questioning themselves. Did I make the right decision? We need to make sure that they're reassured that they did make the right decision. And so really the last, let's say, two to four years, it has evolved and really tightened up to being a really solid process for us. So it sounds like on that journey, you and and those new employees have had the chance of experiencing maybe what a bad first 100 days looks like. Tell us a bit of detail around that. 
I know that a lot of our team members have because we get a lot of feedback on how great our process is. I don't know that I can really compare it aside from what we used to do or maybe what we didn't used to do. <laughs> and, and that would be, it was baptism by fire, drinking out of a fire hose. You know, all right, there's your desk. Here's your equipment. I'm Mark. This is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. And you just kind of throw them into the fire. That was the first 10 years for sure. So there wasn't really a process. There wasn't really a great experience. And I think it is so critical. And so having maybe for us evolved and knowing that that's, that's the version I have of it, but you do hear stories from people of, wow, I didn't know that somebody could care so much about my first day, my first, you know, even identifying that first 100 days, I will give some credit to, uh, I'm in YPO, Young Presidents Organization, and, and this topic had come up in one of my forums that I'm in, and we were thinking about this, but that maybe pushed it and maybe raised the bar to a whole nother level as well. And that was because a lot of those leaders had seen or realized they had a bad experience. And the other thing I would say is in today's market, it is a differentiator. You need to have that edge over other employers, other businesses, because there's a lot of options for people. And this is just one more thing that can set you apart. Before we dive into the, I guess, the breakup of what's been you doing that first hundred days, can you just clarify what's the responsibility of the, say, can I say reporting leader, reporting manager for the new person? What's that key responsibility for them in that first hundred days? So they're kind of their, you know, main point. Um, So, you know, I would say they kind of own the relationship, but there's several other people checking in or or, uh, part of that process, but they're maybe the consistent voice uh, for that because that's really what happens. The reason for that is because they're the most consistent thing post 100 days as well. And so whether that's a weekly check-in in that first 100 days, we also assign though a mentor that is typically not on that team uh, that has been with Spinny Tech for more than a year. But that that leader is really just the consistency throughout the process, I would say. So Mark, you've shared the responsibility of the reporting manager leader. What responsibility does the employee take, particularly in those first 100 days? So this is something I think has changed in the last couple of years with COVID because when you were in the office, it was easier because there was human interaction face-to-face. I've been challenging every new team member today that we have a great process. You need to be engaged. So engagement is obviously one thing, but you have to lean in just as much as we're leaning in as a company to really make this work in this hybrid or remote environment. That means reaching out to people that are on your team on your own. Don't wait for them to reach out to you. It means setting up a virtual coffee or a virtual lunch with a random team member that isn't on your team, taking advantage of or I would say recreating those happy collisions that used to happen in the office when we were walking to and from meetings to lunch, coming into the office building at the same time. Those things aren't happening now. We are not walking into meetings. We're running late to every Zoom call or Google Hangout or whatever you're on and quickly getting off. And so there's no, hey, Brennan, how was your weekend? What'd you do this weekend? Did you see the game? Did you take that hike you were talking about? Did you go fishing? Like, you know, Slack does a little bit of that, but it really requires every team member, not just new ones, to lean in a little bit more to recreate some of the in-office things that we used to have. Great points. Absolutely being deliberate around those things or more deliberate. Let's break into or dive into the 
100 days for spin tech to give some context around that what does as an overview how do you break up the first 100 days the first 100 days technically starts when they their day one of employment begins but our process it's probably more like a 115 day process because pre-employment once they sign and accept an offer they've got some paperwork like we send a lot of that typical HR stuff ahead of time, let them get that out of the way. We figure out what they need from an equipment perspective. We send them swag so they get get that swag ahead of time. They have to have everything they need to start day one and ready to go. So it's really that pre-start and then it's the first 30 days. And then we go into that two to six month range and then post six months. So if you think of that first 30 days, that is probably the most critical piece of it. And then it kind of tapers off, but still has those critical touch points throughout that process. So there's really probably four steps that pre-start month one, two to six, and then beyond that six month or beyond that first 100 days. What benefits or power do you find in that pre-start? So actually, you know, starting that connection and the experience with Spinu Tech before they've actually walked into the the physical walls, so to speak, or even the virtual walls nowadays? I think it's affirmation that they made the right choice. It makes them feel welcome. It makes them feel part of the team. They're loved. It's just, it's all positives. It helps build the excitement for that first day. We were talking before the interview about my kids starting school and there's excitement. I mean, JP, my oldest, was walking out saying, I wish school started tomorrow. We want them to have that feeling of, I wish work started tomorrow instead of more, you know, another week or whatever. And so that they have this energy, this vibe that they're bringing. And you know, we, one of our big things is we get better every day. That's one of our core values. How do you ha- start, before you've even started, we want that momentum, that, that feeling of, yeah, I want to show up and give it my best. And so if we're giving them our best and showing them that we're going to care on them, take care of them, love on them, give them everything they need to be successful, that just sets a different tone right away, right out of the gate. It sounds like in that sort of pre-start phase, that 15 days or so, there's a lot of logistics as you referred to, a bit of HR stuff or whatever, but is there anything in that sort of phase, that funnel, that scenario that you're most proud of as far as an organization that really sets you apart? Yeah, so one thing, you know, the swag is really cool because I don't think a lot of people get that ahead of time. But one thing that we are trying to do more of is what is a $20 or less indulgence that Brendan loves? It's a Snickers, it's a a Starbucks gift card, but something that's maybe a little bit personalized to that individual. And that's something you can pull on post 100 days as well. You know, you had a rough week or you did a great job. That's an easy way to hit somebody with a a very personalized experience. Or again, it's less than 20 bucks, you know, so it's, it's not a big deal for anybody, but it has a bigger impact, a bigger value than the $5, the $10, whatever it is that, that you actually did for them. We also provide that if they're not in the office, we would provide them a DoorDash or you know some type of meal option for day one so that they have that ready to go so they can have that lunch with their manager, for, with their team virtually. But we've got that already taken care of so they don't have to think about it and they can get hopefully their favorite you know restaurant or meal or whatever. You haven't got a job going for just some old guy in Australia that loves talking to people, have you? <laughs> well, we can figure something out, yeah. <laughs> You're saying we've all got skills. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, here's, here's uh, joking aside, you know, what's the best thing you can do as an entrepreneur as you grow? It's, it's hire people smarter than you. 
I've become really good at it. Now the bar is pretty low, <laughs> but I think we've really excelled at hiring people that are just super talented. And so I always say, you know, culture fit number one, but then if they've got that and they're good at something, it's our job to put them in the best seat to extrapolate. Cause you're right. All of us have talents and we all see the world differently. And as leaders, if we can figure that out as soon as possible and in the interview process, we're probably not going to understand everything about Brendan and how you tick and what motivates you and, you know, how you take information. Are you a high fact finder? Do you, are you a quick start? Like, where do you sit on some of those scales? But once we can figure that out and really make sure we're working and putting you in a, in a position to do your best work as many hours of the day from a work perspective as possible, that's good for both of us. As the business owner, Marcus Binutech, what responsibility do you have, if any, in that first 15 days before they come physically into the environment? So in the interview process, I still, we're about 165 people today. I still try to, that's occasionally I have some scheduling conflicts, but do the final interview. And it's really just a 15, 20 minute kind of cultural gut check, as well as just showing them, hey, we're about to make an investment in you. I want you to feel very comfortable with this. And I want to give you the opportunity to ask me any question you want. You want to talk to me about culture? I'm going to show you how passionate I am about that. If you have a question about the direction of the company and where we're going and why, I want you to hear it directly from me. I ask one question, and that is, what is your walk-up song when you wake up in the morning, playing in your head every morning? It's just a fun one. There's no right or wrong answer, but trying to set that tone of we can work hard and play hard together all at once um, and, and let them know that I'm a human just like them. Don't come in with the societal expectations of a CEO or a leader. I'm in this battle with you and, and want to make you successful as best as possible. So that's one part of it. Then the other part is ideally day one, hopefully week one at, at worst case scenario, I'm going to spend an hour with each new temp team member doing a cultural and core values overview or onboarding. And I heard a, a great leader at a conference probably 12 years ago say, if it was important to you, it should come from you. And I really took that to heart after that conference and said, okay, what things does the team need to hear from me that I care about? Most business owners, their core values are going to be very tightly aligned with how they view their life and live their life in general. So these core values are very important to me. And it's easy for me to speak about them, not just reading them off the page, but telling them what are the details of that and maybe giving some examples that we wouldn't necessarily share with the public, but how we've lived them in tough moments or in moments of failure, uh, moments of success, uh, challenging situations with a former teammate or with a former client or an existing client, an existing teammate, but just giving them that very real access to how we think about culture and how much we care about it, how much we care about our core values. Our core values, we have some simple rules. We hire, fire, lead, manage, and solve problems using our core values. And just setting that tone on day one, week one with that new team member is very important. My other goal is I don't want a yes when you accept. I want a hell yes. And then I also want you to have your absolute best first day you've ever had. Because somebody's going to ask you, your spouse, a friend, a parent, a neighbor, somebody is going to say, hey, you started your new job today. How'd it go? And like we've said, a lot of people have a not great onboarding experience. So the bar is relatively low, but that's a moment to make a huge impression because we're all going to have bad days. But if they remember how we cared for them and brought them into the team and show them 
how important they are to our success. It makes those bad days a little less bad or the aftertaste of that doesn't last as long. So you've hired me. Tell me about what to expect on day one of coming into Spin New Tech. So day one, you're going to you know have some initial meetings with uh, your leaders as well as kind of the, we have an onboarding specialist as well. So uh, she would be walking you through setting up the, the schedule and everything. It's a lot of meet and greets with your leader, with your team. Like I said, I'm hopefully going to be involved with that. We've got that lunch and kind of reviewing some of the schedule for what they're going to need to accomplish in that first week. It's relatively light. We try not to overdo it because it is very overwhelming for that new person. So if you're looking at an eight-hour day, it might might only be five hours of actual in-meetings or, or uh, with the team and leaving some space in between that for them to kind of decompress and, and process what they've just heard. And I guess this changes with the role, but speaking generally about a new employee coming into your organization, what is the expectation, again, generally of them at the end of that first week? Engagement, and then really kind of, you know, what questions should they be asking? We, we want curiosity. That's one of the things we really push is ask questions and challenge the way we've done things. Uh, one thing that I try to set the tone on in, in that first onboarding, be curious and ask why often. And it's not that you should challenge, you know, oh, you're doing it wrong. But my expectations for you is you have a very unique perspective, but that perspective is relatively quickly going to burn off. So you have the way that you've always done something, the way that you were trained, and it's a unique perspective. We need to take advantage of that. We've done a great job for 22 years of constantly evolving and changing. And it's not that we do like a full sale change on a process, but it's, ooh, Brendan had this idea or this feedback of, hey, why did you guys do that that way? And you made one little comment and it's like, you're right, we could totally change that. And it makes that process a little bit better, a little bit more efficient, makes the experience better for whoever they're acting with or whatever. So I really want to make sure we're extrapolating that prior experience in a positive way. And I always also tell them, if you ever hear anybody say, well, that's the way we've always done it, I want you to let me know right away. That means that that process is absolutely 110% broken. <laughs> so it's really empowering them to be engaged and, and provide that feedback. And we're not too proud to say that we're perfect. And, and you know, we want to hear that feedback and, and allow ourselves to truly get better. Is there an experience or an example that sticks in your mind that a new employee has provided a suggestion that's really enhanced the process? I would say sometimes it's just also affirmation that you're doing the right thing talking to a new team member and just having them say, wow, what an amazing experience. And and sometimes in that, you might actually hear something that you didn't expect to come out of it um, that maybe makes you actually say, hey, I don't know if we're doing that every time or if that was intentional, but that clearly was a great thing. I love that they felt that. Let's make sure that every new team member feels that. We've had maybe some people challenge like, is it really that way? We talk a lot in the interview process about work-life balance. And their feedback is, I didn't really believe you. Everybody says that in the interview process. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You didn't trust us? You didn't believe us? Because it's kind of offensive because that's the way we really, it's, I'm naive. I think that everybody talks the truth. And so it makes you go, okay, if that's the way they were feeling, how do we maybe make sure that they know that's the truth? And so I actually would say some of the feedback we've gotten has maybe helped inform the hiring process before they're actually hired to 
we allow them to talk to multiple team members on purpose, which we want buy-in from the team. But the beauty of it is they will tell me at the end, well, it's been really great because it's been very consistent. I ask a lot of the same questions and I'm getting similar answers. And I joke that, well, of course, we give them a script they have to read from. <laughs> but obviously, that would be impossible. But it's so fun to have that validation that we're not faking this, that it is a lived culture, lived core values, and they're experiencing that. And that was feedback that we learned from candidates as they became team members and just understanding their perspective from the other side of the table or, or the other side of the screen now in that interview process. Mate, what sort of feedback do you get specifically around your time with the new person, the new employee? You said, you know, you spent some time early on that final interview as much as possible. It sounds like pretty consistent around that. But then the time in, you know, setting the scene, sharing core values, having those, sharing those stories. So the feedback that I've gotten, it's both in the interview process that I think a lot of people are maybe a little bit surprised that I'm sitting in that room or on that screen with them. Uh, so you get a lot of people that say, hey, thank you. That I really appreciate that the CEO would take time to sit with me. And I make sure to say, listen, every hire is an important hire for us. If we let the wrong person through the door, that's a big problem for, for both parties. And so we want to invest that time because this is one of the biggest priorities for me is making sure we have the best talent, the best fit. And then even in that onboarding meeting, it's a, a lot of gratitude and thank yous of thank you for, you know, sharing this. It's validation of what they heard in the interview process. Good to get their feedback and their questions. Um, I always tell them like, listen, forget about what societal expectations you have of leadership. We're here together. You can reach out at any point in time. You know me, you know how I talk, you know that I use my hands a lot when I talk. I'm trying not to as much on screen, but they know how animated I can get and the passion that they can feel. So don't be afraid to reach out. Like I'm a human. I put on my pants the same way you do. And so just letting them know that it's okay. Don't have that fear. You know, I started to notice, notice as we got bigger and we were still in the office, especially the less experienced uh, team members that were fresh out of college. It was intimidating for them to be in my presence at times. And <laughs> I'm not a very intimidating person. I'm tall, I'm 6'5", but I started to realize that it was more about the role that I had as opposed to maybe the way that I portrayed myself. And I was like, okay, we've got to change that. Like nobody should be intimidated by any leader here. That's a bad, you're breaking down communication before you've even communicated. And so sometimes just telling people and, and also maybe if I'm sensing that from those individuals, approaching them in a soft manner and building that relationship. With 165 people, it's also hard though to have everybody know you when, like they did when I was smaller. So the feedback generally is very, very good, which makes me feel good that it is a good investment of my time. And oftentimes I can pull on things I've learned in those meetings on that first day when I do meet them in person or when I'm in a meeting with them. I try to pick up on little things, you know. Are they married, spouse name, kids, uh, sports or activities, hobbies that they like? So I know a few people that are into fishing or fly fishing or they're into golf. And, and so, you know, if I try to ping them on Slack, you know, just I try to pick a few people a week to just kind of casually check in. You'll say like, hey, how's, how's the little one doing? Or have you gotten out to golf lately? Or have you caught any fish lately? Whatever, just to make them know that I do care about them. And I'm, I'm listening and it's, they're just not a butt in a seat. They're not a number they're a big part of the team and a big part of the team's success. Just for clarity's sake, your organization, I think you said about 165 as it stands currently. Is there a point where you think you won't be able to have that 
level of interaction, some of those things you've just explained? Does the business get too big? I think that that's possible. But here's what I'll tell you that I think is an ego thing that a lot of leaders won't admit or don't want to go to the danger on. The success rate of founder to CEO is not great, especially the bigger you get. I have to be very self-aware as a leader of when maybe that is what I do and I hand the reins over to somebody else to do some of the other stuff that I'm doing as well. Maybe that's when I do keep involved with that because that's what I'm really good at or what I'm really passionate about. I'm not saying that I'm close to that or that that's going to happen, but it's just something I have to stay aware of that am I a clog or something that's holding back the growth of the business because the business has just outgrown me. I'm a big sports analogy guy and you know, whether it's a professional football team or the NBA or whoever, teams and players outgrow each other. There's a time in their career when they're best for that team and the dynamic of it. And that's going to be true for me at some point in time too, where I may not be the best leader for the size we're at or the direction we're going. And I want to make sure that I'm not causing harm to the success of the company or the team. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I'll disappear, but it would mean that my role might change. But I would still always love to be heavily involved in the culture and defending those core values, defending the culture and making sure that every team member's experience is as good as possible. Just to be clear again, what are Spinutech's core values? So we have four core values. So our first one is we get better every day. Our second one is we do the right thing. We over me is our third one. And our fourth one is we own it. So they're all very simple. They're also very actionable. And then I give you know examples for each one. There's a lot of kind of subtext to that that talks about accountability, holding yourself and others accountable, and then also about being curious. If you've noticed, I, I use team member, not employee. The we over me is definitely about being a team player um, and not ladder climbing, not trying to have any gossip or politics in the, in the workplace. Uh, we're all just here to do great work with others as a team. And so... I love sports analogies and SEAL Team 6 analogies. And so I use a lot of those in explaining our core values and and how those apply to our work day and and our success. I'm going to hold myself back. I can't wait to uh, ask you the normal final question of our interview to (laughs) find out who's had influence on you in this leadership space. So we'll, we'll hold that thought till the end of the interview like normal. Tell us a little bit more about the first 30 days. What are some of those other key elements that the new employee experiences? Yeah, so the first 30 days, so we've talked about the day one, week one, kind of getting them onboarded. Then one of the things that we do is we really, we have something called GB8. It's the Get Better 8, and it's we're a digital marketing agency. And so we allocate most of our strategists to 34 billable hours a week. There's six open hours, and two of those hours every week are for self-development. And so one of the things that we like every team member to do is to get certified and the tools and platforms of which they operate in on a regular basis. We do a lot with Google. Most every position, it would be nice to know a lot about analytics. So there's Google Analytics. They have an easy certification uh, to go through. So a lot of times we schedule some of those things out for week two. They can start to do some of those things. It's before they're really ramped up fully with client work. If they haven't been certified, it's a great opportunity to dig in and get some of those certifications done. And also kind of put that training plan for those first few weeks together to knock any of those out as possible. 
There's also a weekly check-in from a different person. So it could be their leader. It could be the onboarding person. We also have a person that oversees our culture. She will check in as well. So there's different people kind of touching base at the end of each week in that first month to just see how they're going and, and doing. We also do a 15-day new hire survey. For us, it gives us a consistent question you know, base that we're asking and then getting that feedback to make sure that we're delivering an appropriate experience. And then uh, this is kind of a nice one. At the end of their 30 days, I will send them a written, the old school snail mail, a written welcome note or thank you note and, and note of appreciation. And the the secret sauce to that is not as much. It's important, obviously, that they, they hear those words from me. But another secret sauce that is back to that bad day. Somebody else is going to see that that note, a roommate, a spouse, a parent, somebody's going to see it. And that's going to create quite an impression on them. So when I come home and I say to my wife, man, you wouldn't believe the day I had. I walk out of my office into the kitchen. I say, you wouldn't believe the day I had. It was, oh, it was so bad. It was rough, blah, blah, blah. But then they turn into a defender of Tech as well and say, but you know, you got that thank you note. And just, I've heard you say all these things. You fill them with positivity. So it's just a nice touch point. It, it, for me, it's, it's, a, it's an easy thing to do. It's fun to write them. I try to personalize them. I don't just write a canned message to everybody. I'll ask their leader, how's it going for, for so-and-so? Uh, any any you know initial wins that we can talk about. The other thing that I often having interact with them a little bit, you can feel their passion or their potential, and I want to make sure to remind them that I think they have a ton of upside here, and embrace this this journey with us. And you're going to grow a ton, and, and so can we together. And I just want to make sure I'm encouraging them to unleash that, let that out, so they can become that best version of themselves. Go to places they didn't think they could just is really kind of like ignite that fire if it's if it's starting to come out. How many new employees can you put through this process at any one time? So I think the most we've had in one like new day is maybe six, maybe seven. I would prefer to keep it under five. We've slowed on hiring a little bit. We're just being a little cautious with the economy right now. But when we were really rolling and having large growth years of 30 plus percent, 40, 50 percent growth, it's it does become challenging because you have a lot of new people coming in at once. Honestly, it probably dilutes the experience a little bit. And so that's why I'd like to space them out to have a, just a more personalized and higher touch experience. There's benefits to bringing a lot of people in at once too, but uh, there's a bond that those individuals create that, that is a little bit unique, but I like to keep it smaller if we can and try to keep the quality of that experience as high as possible. Our interview will continue after this. An expression of gratitude or reciprocity, no matter how large or small, is an important part of a healthy culture and relationships. Our friends at Jangler have a great app that allows you to send a gift card with either a personal video, voice message, or funny gif. You can send it right away or schedule to send on the perfect day and time. So it can be something you set and forget. It's perfect for clients, employees, birthdays, and any celebration where you can't be there in person. It's quick, easy to send, and you can spend instantly in-store or online when you receive a card. Check it out at www.jangler.com.au. That's www.jangler.com.au. 
Have you ever reflected on outside of Spin Your Tech and some of the feedback you hear for the new employees coming in about why other companies, they may only employ a person every now and again and it's not a great experience for them, why they have trouble creating a great experience for one person, let alone you know five plus at a time? Well, I think for most leaders, most business owners, you know, societally, it's really a, about the dollars. It's about EBITDA. It's about how much dividends are getting paid out. It's, it's more financially driven than it is about the human capital component. But our biggest asset is our team and our people. And so I think investing in them is never going to be a bad investment. You, you'd have a very hard time <laughs> convincing me otherwise. So I would just tell every leader that it is the number one investment, whether you realize it or not. And if you're not doing something about this, it would be very shocking to you what the results could turn into. Because I think sometimes when you try so hard to focus on the dollars and cents side of things, you actually make it worse. If you focus on having a great team, a great experience, producing a great product or service, and just worry about that, from my experience, the dollars and cents side of it has worked itself out, which I don't really like to think about that stuff anyways. I mean, I have to as a business owner, but the way I'm wired is more about the team and and protecting them, growing, helping them grow, achieve things they didn't think were possible. That's more rewarding to me. That's my currency versus the dollars. But my experience has been the dollars and cents have always worked themselves out in a very positive way when we've stayed focused on the team and, and their experience. So if you had to wrap up that first 30 days from an employee experience, what do you hope they share about their first 30 days at Spinny Tech with others? It would go something like, ah, oh, man, my new job is so amazing. You wouldn't believe it. They did this. They did that. I'm getting to know a lot of people. Like They're super talented. I'm, I'm just so impressed by how kind they are, how talented a lot of those individuals are. So it's, it's, this, it's this passion. It's this excitement. It's validation that they made a great move. They're excited to show up for work the next morning and just keep, you know, kind of attacking each day, each week, each month and, and grow with a team. So it's, it's kind of a overall feeling that they maybe have or, or a, a tidal wave that just keeps building that they're going to, you know, propel forward and really set that tone for the long term journey with us as opposed to there's a timer. I'm going to get burned out. I'm constantly looking for that next gig. And so it's that's that sense of I'm home. I'm where I'm supposed to be, and I'm excited to to continue down this path. So let's take that into the next 30-day block, if we could, you know, into the coming up to 60 days. What are some of the key things that we do with the new employee to make sure that what they've just shared about their first 30 days, which was sensational, keeps on that bandwagon, keeps rolling forward in the right direction? Yeah, so a lot of that, the next, you know, that day 30 through let's say 90, is focused on their growth. So there's still check-ins. Um, there's check-ins with leadership. There's a lot of well, coffee chats or just virtual chats. It's starting to do more of that training and then really diving into the work, really getting onboarded and, and turning into a, a pro- productive uh, team member from a billing perspective, uh, doing great work, learning. You know, that Hopefully they've learned the systems, but learning the clients and the accounts, that's a, that's a challenge we have a lot of clients and a lot of different types of businesses we work with. So just understanding each dynamic, you know, for us, we have some vertical specialties, but 
It's really the dynamics of each client, the potential politics that that client has internally, how to navigate those. How are we able to produce our best work for that client under whatever circumstances they have internally? So it really starts to dig into that work, but also there's those constant check-ins. There's a 60-day survey again as well to just make sure that we're we're on track. But it's that constant touch base. I think maybe the theme would be over communicating. You know, we're making sure that somebody's always just checking in. How's it going? Are things as you expected? Is there anything you need? Uh, they're meeting additional people on the executive leadership team. So they're really, hopefully at that point, there's not an unfamiliar face from leadership's perspective for them. They're starting to hear and, and know people. And, and what I would say is, I, I didn't say this earlier, but our goal of that first month is really to get that DNA of our culture and core values injected as quickly as possible. So hopefully it's starting to really flourish. And, and you know, by the end of that 100 days, my goal is, are you a defender of the culture? the quicker I can turn you into a defender of the culture, that's that's like the turning point. And you can see it with some new team members. I can think of a couple of my head right now that are relatively new. And when I met them in person, you could start to feel that. And even just hearing them on, on Slack and I'm hearing them reading their comments on Slack, we've got a shout out channel, uh, which, which just happens to be all about our core values as well. So if you give a shout out, it has to align with one of our core values. It doesn't have to, but it always does. And when they start to drop those in and saying, Brandon really displayed we over me in this client pitch when blah, blah, blah. And like you hear him saying that and it's like, oh, yes, we've got, they're there. They get it. It's all sunk in. It's, it's, they're, they get it. And they're, it's, it's part of who they are now and they're defending it. And, and they're really proud of that and not in a cult way. I want to make sure I clarify that it's, it's in a positive way of like, I like the way that this organization thinks. I like the way that they push me. I like their high standards the high quality of work that they put out. That's a fun thing to be a part of. People like to win. People like to be part of a winning mentality as well as just winning in general. Most people don't like to lose. And so we want that winning mentality as part of the team to really sink in and and turn that corner for them. It sounds like there would be tons and tons of shares through that Slack channel. Is there one that particularly stands out for you over the years? Oh man, the, the latest one is always the best one, right? But you know, in the last two weeks, we've had some <laughs> some of our major clients. <laughs> some of our clients have been in town, or we've gone and seen them, and it's presented some great opportunities for some team members that are really starting to flourish and, and blossom. And so, I personally sat in on a couple of these situations, and kind of halfway through those meetings, and in, in both of the situations, I'm thinking of there was this sense of pride and just joy for those individuals of man they're really talented and and it's exciting to witness the greatness that they're producing and the way that they're talking and the confidence that they have in it and so just that reflection of where they started where they're at now and that's a reflection of the team around them and how they've pushed them and shared that knowledge and, and really had them grow and so just in the last week you know I got an, a slack from somebody that said hey would you mind giving me a comment about so-and-so? I know you had said some things verbally, but would you write it out? So and so they captured like five different slacks where that person in the meeting had gotten those complimenting that person on their team. And then this leader posted that back screenshot of those in the Slack channel. And it's just great. And, and so again, pride, joy, uh, and, and not pride for me, it's pride for them and the team of what they've accomplished together. So those are those are just always super fun. 
You've mentioned check-ins a number of times, the weekly check-in through the 30, 60 days, and I'm sure beyond and, and ongoing. Can you tell us a little bit about what a normal check-in would look like? What's involved? You know, we leave some flexibility there. It's going to be a little bit different for each leader, but some some core things that I look at is, you know, I think right now it's really important to say, how are you doing? And I don't want the easy answer because <laughs> a lot of people just say, oh yeah, I'm good. Well, we're all not good right now. Like it's been a tough couple of years and, and life and work and everything's just been more stressful than it used to be. Right. And so it's really saying, hold on, no, how are you doing? Like, let's just be human first and try to tear down some of those walls and, and, and really make sure that, you know, is there anything that's holding you back professionally, personally, that I can help you with to be the best you are right now? And so if you can kind of get past that, that's really, I think I'll, I'll say it this way. We need to be leaders of humans first, and then leaders of the work that they produce second. People need that leadership on a human side way more right now uh, where we're at. And I'd say this is just kind of, it's going to be the tone for quite a while. Then how are you doing in that project? Did you get it done? Did you, you know, I think you can do this better. Like it's more just let's connect human first and, and build that relationship. And that really allows us to then have a deeper conversation from a work perspective as well. I love the saying, attack the problem, not the person. And so if there is in that check something that we need to correct, it's let's put that problem on the table. Let's both stare at it and then go, all right, how do we fix that problem? And now it makes the person giving that feedback. We're focused on that problem. The person receiving it, it's not feeling like it's about them or me and they can solve that problem together. And, and again, I'll go back to the core values in that check-in. If there's something misaligned, it's okay. Let's talk about what core value is that misaligned with. Okay. So now let's talk about why that's misaligned. And then let's talk about how we get it back on the rails and no longer misaligned. And, and so it gives a really simple framework for solving those problems or overcoming a misalignment that feels less personal and, and, and as a, an attack. So, but I think the thing I would stress with this question is it's just, let's be human first and make sure that we're connecting there and solving anything that needs to kind of be cleared up there before we dive into the hardcore work stuff. One of the things about process, mate, is th- there's always failure points and you know putting checks and balances in place, potential failure points. Is there anything, once again, I know there's lots of stuff you've spoken about, but is there anything in that first sort of 60, I guess 75 plus days, including the, the pre-employment or the pre-turn up that uh, is a, just a, a no failure point? We, we just cannot allow this part of the process to fail at any point in time. You know, we had, it was maybe late last year, we brought out, we had an onboarding for a a couple of new people started at the same time. This individual, they were disengaged in my culture onboarding. They were skipping a lot of the other onboarding meetings. And I was very alarmed by that. And so if that is breaking down on week one, it's over. There's clearly a misalignment on how we view the world and how they would view it. And so it's, I would just go back to that engagement. If engagement is not there, we need to pull the court, rip, pull that rip cord as quickly as possible. It's going to be better for both of us because they're clearly not going to be happy in our environment where we care deeply about those things. And we're not going to be happy with them because they don't care about those things. It's just a misalignment. And we can just basically agree to disagree on that. And it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that, hey, we just view the world a little bit differently you're going to be way more successful going someplace else as quickly as possible. And let's 
you know, work towards making that happen as painless as possible. Looking back at that experience, was there anything in hindsight, wonderful thing, right, that stood out that maybe uh, we missed in the early part of the process? So speaking to that example, the particular role, it's a harder personality at times. They're maybe a little bit more reserved uh, for, for the role that we were looking for. It just tends to be the nature of, of what that role personality looks like. And so I made the comment to that leader of like, listen, I'm going to trust you on this. Like, I don't have a great read from a cultural perspective just because they didn't say a whole lot. And just, you know, I don't know if that was they were disengaged or didn't care or if they're just a little bit more reserved and in more of an introvert. So I don't want to like, you know, dock them because of that. That might just be their personality. And that's okay. Doesn't mean they couldn't be successful here. But, you know, if I was going to judge it based on my interaction, I'd be a no go. But, if you guys feel good about it, you feel like they're a good fit, you feel like technically they have the skills that we need, then sure, let's go. In retrospect, I probably should have maybe said, hey, I've got a bad feeling about a cultural fit here. Did you feel that? Well, yeah, I did. You know, but so what does that mean? Do we have enough Do we kind of re-interview for that and just say, hey, we're, we're kind of nervous about are you aligned with us and our core values? You know, and maybe sending them a note saying, we'd love you for you to make sure you've reviewed our core values. And just think through, like, how do you feel about those? And I never want to say, like, do you align? Because, of course, in the interview process, yes, I align. But trying to pull out of them, asking it several different ways to make sure that we are aligned. And so, you know, slow to hire, fast to fire. It's a simple rule. But we probably in that situation just maybe got a little, I don't know if lazy is the right word or just needed to solve a problem. And so, you know, it's going to happen. But uh, we maybe were a little slow to fix that problem once we identified it as well. So yeah, absolutely. I think we can, you're going to have a few misses here and there, especially if you're hiring at a higher volume, but you've just got to know if you, if you know you made a mistake, you got to fix it very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep with the sports analogies, mate. Let's go to the back end of the game. Those final sort of 30 days or the, the last part of the 115 day process. What does that look like? What's critical in that time? So it's really just, you know, Again, staying engaged, really, are you settled in? Do you have everything you need? Do you feel like you're in the right role? Are you getting the support that you need? Are you connected to the people that you need to? One of the things I like to say is, do you know who to ask the questions to? You don't need to know everything, but you need to know who to ask. At that point, they should know who to ask and have built those relationships. At that six-month point, I do, or at the 100-day mark, actually, no, sorry, six months, I do another check-in with them where they can, you know, a group will come together and they're celebrating their six-month anniversary. And it's just a, hey, how's it going? Has the first six months been all you thought it would be? Is there anything that we could do better? I'd lo- I would love that feedback. And, and you listen to anything that they might say. But most of the times they're like, you know what? I'm loving it. I appreciate everything that the team put into that first 100 days and my first six months. I'm excited. Uh, we do pulse surveys. I just read one a few weeks ago that said, I hope I retire here. <laughs> and they, they've been in, in, in the system for about six months. And you, you think, man, that's a, it's a pretty big compliment. Like they're, you know, so clearly they've had some bad experiences in the past and understand a great culture when they see it. And obviously they're a defender at this point. They want to make sure it stays this way and that they don't let somebody else come in and, and make that a bad change. 
So what you're really saying, if I can take away from that, is that it's more of the same, more of the stuff you've done in the you know, the 15 days before they walk in the door, more of the stuff of the first 30 days, more of the stuff of the, the next 30 days, which makes 60, and the more of the, the stuff in that back half of the, or that back end of the game up to the 100 days. Do you stop at 100 plus days? How do you treat them after that? No, we do not stop. Absolutely not. So we've kind of referred to this as like, Speed Tech 100 course level is like that onboarding process. And then it goes to 101, 201, 301. But it's really just getting into that ongoing cadence of annual review, check-ins, the training, the, the, the GBA, the get better eight hours. Just that making sure that they're taken care of, their needs are met, they have everything they need to. A lot, a lot of times it's also developing kind of a career path plan. So what does their growth tra- trajectory look like or what we have a lot of things outlined as far as okay here's the role you're in and what the expectations are if you wanted to get to a a different position or a different title here's the types of things you need to be doing we try to make that as not as you know no subjectivity to it as possible there is it's hard to do that but really try to just help make sure that their growth is pushing them towards the right direction to take on a bigger role Um, do they want to be a leader of people do they want to be a silent leader do they want to be a labeled leader what do they want to be a leader of, if, if at all? And just make sure that we've got that path for them to see growth. Self-development and a career path for growth is very important to almost every new team member coming in at this stage in the game. That's what people care about a lot. And so we want to make sure we're addressing that cl- very clearly as opposed to making it a little bit blind or not spoken about. Let's just make it right out there in the open and, and be very clear. And shoot, the more people that can get promoted within, the better. That's a great, great thing to have happen. So, mate, unfortunately, I would say you are not unique as far as leadership goes, but you're in the minority. These sort of experiences are not common, unfortunately. Why are you minority? Why is this mindset? What's your view on why this mindset is a minority? Well, one thing that's a little bit interesting about my past is we we always joke we never worked for the man. Uh, we didn't go into corporate America, so we weren't stained by some of the traditional leadership mentalities. And, and so those early years are your informative years. And so that's, that's one component of it. But I would say my partners and I, we've always been just, we've always cared about the team. And I don't know if that's because of the way we started and you were, you know, shoulder to shoulder with everybody. You were in the trenches, doing the work, winning, losing, failing, learning, growing, you know, all the ups and downs were felt together. And, and so when you're that close to everybody, you know, you have that responsibility of making sure that paycheck is there for the first team member, then the second, then the 20th, then the 50th, and so on. You worry about that less as time goes on. But I think just going back to that founder mentality, for me, I don't think that's ever gone away. I still maybe have some of those fears or concerns. And that drives you to make sure you're taking care of that team. So I don't know. It could be the way that we're wired. It's just it's just the way we are, I guess. I don't know. To us, this is like common sense. But I know that that's not the truth. And I didn't always know that. A lot of times when you do bring on a new team member, you hear these stories. And we actually we joke about it's like somebody that's come from a bad relationship. You have to do some rewiring and get them to think differently and not have those self-doubts or fears of bringing up things to leadership because, you know, they're going to get in trouble or they're going to get yelled at. And I'm like, I've never yelled at anybody in this organization. Never. I've never denied anybody a PTO. I've never like... All the things that you hear about in other places just don't happen here. And that takes sometimes a, a while for people to build that trust and understand that 
you know, the scars from their past, unfortunately, won't rear their heads here. So get that feeling of freedom. Again, be the best version of yourself. I just want to help uncork that as, as quickly as possible. And so does every other leader here. Like we all, we all want those same things. But unfortunately, there's not a lot of that out there. And I would go back to the greed, the money side of it. A lot of people are just businesses, you know, they get so focused on that because that is societal's, uh, that's the, the scoreboard. That's, you know, if you meet somebody that owns a business, that's one of the first things people kind of wonder or want to know. But that's, to me, that's not the, the true scoreboard. I don't believe we were put on this earth just to work. And I don't believe we were put on this earth just to earn money. I think that the experience you can have from eight to five with the other people, whether they're with you for a year or 20 years, I feel it's my responsibility to make that as best as possible. And let's have some fun. Let's do some really great work and be proud of that. And other stuff will figure itself out. Mate, I think it's a great time for me to ask you what is normally our final question. And that is who or what has had the greatest influence on your leadership journey? I've been had this gotten this question before, and I think most people have one person, but I would say for me, it's been a ton of people. It's taking little nuggets from a lot of people throughout the journey. So in college, when I was working for the random, you know, small jobs, hourly stuff, it was more looking at the managers that I had. And I probably, because of those jobs were high turnover, you didn't have great managers. I probably picked up on what I didn't like and what I wouldn't do if I were a leader. So kind of filing those things away. And then you do meet some really great people, great leaders, great business owners. And I was fortunate I had some of those that were maybe towards the end of their career when I was really young and in my career. And you kind of just witness it and you maybe start to ask some questions. I've always tried to set up lunches with people in the various communities which we operate in that I've admired from a distance. And sometimes I'll just reach out and say, hey, I know we don't really know each other, but can I buy you lunch? And here's my goal. I just want to learn from you. I just want to understand your journey and you know what you value as a leader and how you've solved problems. I joined YPO about four years ago, Young Presidents Organization. It's a global uh, leadership organization. That has been unreal for me in my journey because you're connected to other leaders of businesses that are like size or bigger. And any problem you have, somebody's already had it. They've already solved it. They've got the solution for you. And so just getting connected in that community has been really great. I'm in a couple different forums that meet monthly, ones with a, a kind of an international one. We have a gentleman from the Dominican Republic and a gentleman from Canada. The rest of us are from, from the U.S. But we meet monthly and we're all agency owners. And that's awesome because you don't get to talk to other agencies. And so that's very industry related. But then I have a local forum in the state of Iowa where I live, unrelated businesses. And I love those guys like brothers. We talk about personal stuff because as a leader, you it's kind of lonely at the top. And so those individuals in those circles have been such a great support system for me. And good times and bad times, they're a phone call away, a text message away. And same for me to them. You know, it, one, of, one of my buddies in that group says, you know, we're, we're gas can buddies. No matter how far you are, are away, if I if I run out of gas, I know I can call you and you're going to bring that gas can to me. And it's a really simple way of stating just how deep that relationship goes. So it's really a combination of a lot of different things and people uh, across the time that have been supportive. Obviously, my wife has been a great sounding board for 22 plus years in the, in the business, which was before we were married. But uh, it's just that culmination of a lot of relationships 
a lot of different groups that have really been a great help for me. You've shared so much good stuff and you guys, you being the ultimate leader and, and the team doing so much great stuff at Spin U Tech, we know that none of us are perfect. Can you share a moment where you have been maybe disappointed in yourself as a leader in Spin U Tech and what you did about that? I think we all have more self-doubt than we ever want to admit. And so there's been countless times where I've like, man, was that the best thing to do? Did I react the right way? Am I oversensitive about some of the cultural stuff at times, possibly. I think anytime I felt like I've misstepped trying to own it as quickly as possible, if you realized it, there was a time we went through a merger uh, about a year and a half ago and, and some of the new team members interacting with them, there was an individual in leadership that we worked very closely together and it was kind of our first disagreement. And, you know, I realized my tone was maybe a little bit off and just saying, all right, listen, I know I wasn't my best in this situation. I know you weren't your best. We both weren't like, let's just get that on the table. And, and actually we had a really great conversation. I said at the end of it, I said, Hey, this was groundbreaking. Even though we had this bad thing happen, this, both of us weren't our best. We just broke through and let's make sure we focus on that. And reminding this individual a week later of, Hey, I'm glad we had that happen. Like, any good relationship, you're going to have a point like we're all human and man will disappoint you given enough time. Every human being will disappoint you given enough time. And so just recognizing that and owning it. And, and, and I tell the team, listen, I'm not perfect. We've all got to be the TSA. See something, say something. Challenge me. Like, give me that feedback. I, I want to be the best leader for you as possible. So I do a weekly video. Every Friday, I send out a video to the team. It's short. It's two, three minutes. It's oftentimes a little bit of encouragement, some updates, things like that. But back in May, I believe, uh, I just sent out a video saying, we all need to give each other permission to get feedback. And I want you all to know, all 165 of you, that I'm giving you permission to give me feedback. And I hope you would do the same to your teammates so that everybody is comfortable, whether that's good feedback or not good feedback, to provide that. And so... I would say what I've learned over time is just that mindset of, you're not attacking me. You know, I messed up. I'm human. We're all going to mess up. Give me that feedback and I want to get better from it. So I, I ask a lot of people and that I interact with on a regular basis, is, hey, anything you could give me pointers on that I could be doing better? Is there a weakness that I'm blind to? Did that come across okay? Was that too harsh? And, and setting that tone from a leadership perspective that I'm vulnerable and open to that and that's going to make the team around you that same way. And that's been a learned thing over 22 plus years. Well, Mark, from our conversation today, it sounds like you are a fantastic defender of the culture. And it sounds like you know it is your number one goal and your number one task as the leader of Spin Tech. So congratulations on what you're doing. Thank you very much for sharing what you've shared with our audience today. It's been a pleasure talking to some, someone like you and a leader like you with that sort of mindset. Thanks for being a fantastic guest on the Culture of Things podcast. Well, thank you very much. This is a great conversation, fun to talk about, easy to talk about, and appreciate the, the great questions and, and having me on your show. Absolute pleasure, buddy. Do you want to retire at your company? Are you happy? even excited to go to work each day? Do you feel your needs are being met and you're growing and developing in your role? If you said yes to any of these questions, unfortunately, you're in the minority. 
As you've heard, Mark is focused on creating this experience at Spinutech. He wants his team to have their needs met. He wants them to grow and develop. He wants them to have the true work-life balance. And above all, he wants them to be defenders of the culture. And the first 100 plus days for a new employee sets the tone. What experience are you creating for your new employees? These were my three key takeaways from my conversation with Mark. My first key takeaway, leaders are defenders of the culture. Hiring, firing, leading, managing, and solving problems all revolve around culture and the core values. Injecting the DNA of the culture and core values into new employees is a critical first step. Before a new employee walks in the door, they know the culture and values of Spinutech. This sets the foundation for leaders to be defenders of the culture. My second key takeaway, leaders get better every day. They cringe if they hear the phrase, that's how we've always done it. Their mindset is focused on self-improvement and being the best version of themselves. Also helping others to be the best version of themselves. Leaders set the example by getting better every day. My third key takeaway, leaders treat people as their currency and their actions every day reflect it. They think about the team, protect them, grow them and help them achieve things that they didn't think was possible. Focusing on and investing in people is their number one priority. They know by doing this, the dollars look after themselves. Leaders always treat people as their currency. So in summary, my three key takeaways were, leaders are defenders of the culture. Leaders get better every day. And leaders treat people as their currency. What were your key takeaways from the interview? Let me know at theculturethings.com, on YouTube, or via our socials. Thanks for joining me. And remember, the best outcome is on the other side of a genuine conversation. Thank you for listening to the Culture of Things podcast with Brendan Rogers. Please visit brendanrogers.com.au to access the show notes. If you love the Culture of Things podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, a healthy culture is your competitive advantage.